Welcome to BIB Today. I'm reporter Tyler Orton. And look, I think we all know how devastated the pandemic has been for BC's tourism sector. But as we look forward to mass vaccinations, I think the industry will also be looking forward to ways of making up those losses. But do, say, millennials hold the key to reinvigorating the industry here on the West Coast? With us to discuss that possibility, it's Jody Houston. She is the CEO and co-founder of Stay Wilder. It's a resort prepping to launch here in BC. Jody, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Tyler. I'm excited to be here. So I could ask, you know, you guys are prepping to launch this new resort. Uh, what is kind of the idea behind it? So the original kind of spark that create that we that created this entire idea was um, my husband and I were at, on the in the on in the islands in the Philippines, and we were there on a vacation, thinking, oh, we're going to have so much fun and adventure. And everywhere I looked, I was just constantly surrounded by the devastation that tourism caused to these small little remote islands. And it was, it wasn't like, Oh, look at that. I was honestly deeply like very moved and, and crying about how like, this is, this is what was happening to our planet. And I was part of it. I was paying for it. And I kept sort of saying like, I wish I could travel in a more eco-conscious way, but I can't afford a $600 night resort. I can't afford to, you know, take a helicopter to the mountains and stay in like these solar powered off grid places. And so that's where the spark came from is how can we solve this problem? Um, that was three years ago. And so pretty quickly after that, I just realized that I could no longer keep working towards something that I didn't want to solve. So I was working in a startup at the time that isn't, it was a great place to work, but it just it, it no longer fit my, you know, my core why and my mission. And, um, and I, within six months, quit and set out to try and figure out how do we make eco-friendly travel um, more accessible, um, more desirable for millennials, and and ultimately, how do we make it start to switch? Like, how can we disrupt the industry so that this is now the norm? And again, that was three years ago. And so this idea evolved and I was really like getting into like how to build more efficiently and doing all these things. And I'm truthfully like February, 2020, I finally decided, okay, this is going to be the year we're going to build it this year. Like by this summer, we're going to build. Um, and then and I, I quit all my consulting clients. I was like ready, ready to start building this dream. And a month later, COVID happened. But it was very interesting because the model, the MVP that I came down to figuring out like through all of this is like, how do we do this in the most um, like scalable um accessible and appealing way to millennials was I, I decided on, oh, let's do, um, we'll start with glamping pods because glamping is something that is picking up in steam. Um, you've, I've seen it increase like four people searching for four times over the last couple of years, like four times more over the last few years um, and a huge spike actually as soon as the pandemic hit. So, um, so we were going to focus on glamping. We were going to focus on local travel and we were going to focus on, on being within like two to three hours of big cities and just focusing on getting professionals out of the city and experiencing our, our resort. And ultimately what ended up happening is when COVID happened, I was like, am I crazy to still do this? But it still works. Like this, this is, it still works. And with obviously the exception of wanting to make sure that people aren't coming out of the city and 
infecting or bringing um, the virus into smaller, more rural and less um, and less protected and like um, less protected cities. Everything else about it works. And so on top of that, the our other concepts are we're like, well, let's make it so that you can have a box delivered of like local goods and let's make it so that like local products can be delivered straight to your door. That also tied perfectly to exactly the model we wanted to create. And again, as I saw the pandemic hit and March and April hit last year, I was watching Google Trends and searches for cabin rentals, searching searches for glamping resorts, searches for campgrounds was going through the roof. Um, so it, despite being this massive potential threat, it opened up a market and a bit of a pent up demand for what we're doing. And honestly, since we've launched our wait list, we have people emailing us every day being like, can I come today? Like, can I take my husband here for his birthday? Can I come tomorrow? Um, and we have 9,000 people on our wait list already. So there is a pent up demand. Well, that's just what I was thinking though. It's like, look, we're waiting for mass vaccinations, but when that time comes do you think there's even the possibility of doing this sort of ecotourism in a safe way, a, a way that's going to be sustainable or are the margins just a little bit too tight right now at this moment? We're just seeing so much devastation going on with operators in the tourism sector. So I can't speak to other operators, but I can only speak to, um, I can speak to my business. Um, and, and, and really, I think we, the way that we've approached everything we've done is through a regenerative lens. And I'll go into a little bit more about what that means in a second, but essentially at every stage of every, every decision we make, we ask, how can we benefit others? How can we have the most impact on community, on planet, and create value for our customers? And it's been interesting because in asking those questions, we've ultimately found all these ways to um, find cost savings, to um, create new opportunities for revenue, um, to streamline our model. So a really good example is um, just finding land, finding land. Um, if, if we think about a traditional way a developer builds a resort, they go out, they find a huge parcel of land, they develop it, they bulldoze trees, they add in electricity, they add in solar, they add in water, whatever that looks like. We decided we don't want to take up, we don't want to buy new land. We don't want to um, develop new land because new land is like raw land. Like let's keep it raw, let's keep it dedicated to nature. So let's instead partner with farmers and let's instead partner with wineries um, and people who own land already and have these um, businesses on the land and so, A, that's created huge cost saving for us, but it's also allowed us to benefit farmers who are also impacted by COVID um, and also work with, for example, our first land partner um, is a retired farmer to bring back or to like bring regenerative agriculture to the land, to restore the forest where we're building and things like that. So, so that this way of thinking, for me, it was at first very much like, um, a very protagonist, like, let's do this, we're going to change the world. But it's actually ended up very much constantly creating value chain or creating um, additional value and allowing us to cut costs in ways because we are thinking outside the box. So 
I, I like right now we're looking at a very strong, like we're, we're looking at strong margins as while keeping things in a eco-conscious or keeping things very eco-conscious and regenerative, but then also keeping prices low. Um, I mean, we haven't launched yet, so we'll, we'll obviously, and not like budget low, um, but, uh, we haven't launched yet. So we'll see how things progress. Um, but right now my hypothesis and that's continuously, we're continuously validating is that it is possible when you think in a different way. So with the business model, your business model works specifically while restrictions are still in place. Are you guys counting on things, you know, mass vaccinations, creating kind of this uh, herd immunity. And once restrictions loosen, you guys will be able to bring in that much more, you know, scale things up uh, with more people coming in. So right now our, our business model works with restrictions in place as long as, and so a couple things to answer that specifically. Right now restrictions are in place and we don't want to encourage people to be traveling right now. Um, by June, when we, when we plan to launch, we are hoping that along with the weather and along with, um, like, along with weather getting warmer, along with vaccinations coming in, along with the restrictions that are in place right now paying off and we are flattening that curve, that we will be able to see a similar summer to last year where um, our summer local to our local tourism BC summer actually was like almost inundated with um, people who had been in quarantine for two months and wanting to get out into the world. So, so our time, our biggest hope for 2021 is that the timing will work out well. And then our assumption is that long term that as vaccinations and herd immunity start to come into play, they do ease restrictions for more seasonal like seasonal time and like winter when it is flu season when it is higher risk um for contracting any type of virus so yes that's where we're at at the moment well it, it's going to be interesting and i want to go back to one term that you, you mentioned a few moments ago that was regenerative travel what do you mean by that exactly so i think regenerate regenerative anything right now is a little bit of a buzzword. So I think the best way to describe what that means is kind of to describe what it's not. Um, and so to think about the typical way of doing business, you take something from the ground, you take materials, you take anything, um, you make something with it, you sell it, someone uses it, and then they dispose of it. Um, there's also sustainable like businesses where across that, you know, take, make, sell, buy, use, dispose, um, you try to minimize harm at every level. So how do I, how do I take in only a way that lessens harm? How do I make in a way that lessens harm? How do I dispose of this in a way that lessens harm? There's also circular economy, which is a new term in, in our thing in, in capitalism and, and the way that business people are talking right now, and which is when I take something and I make something and I sell it and you use it after it's done, you should be able to take it and make something new with it. And so it's this circular thing. Regenerative thinking kind of combines both sustainable thinking, so minimizing harm and, and creating a circle versus just a, a linear thing that's just creates things in our landfill. Um, but at every single stage of that journey from taking to making to selling, you're asking how can I create something better um, for the stakeholders around me that will also ultimately um, lead to more value. And so I, I tend to think of it like a fly, a flywheel versus a circle in that. And, and a really great 
like physical example that I think a lot of people are starting to get to understand is regenerative agriculture, where before it was just like, I take my soil, I put plants in it, I sell the plants, and then I continue, you know, it's that very, very linear thinking, whereas now it's like, well, if I keep making this soil better and better and better, and I also bring in plants and animals and and um, fungi and all these different things so that they're con constantly contributing to the soil, my products will be better. And I'll also add back value to the soil so that it's continuing. It's, it's basically creating a flywheel that's of, of healthy, consistent, resilient value. And that's the type of thinking um, that we want to, that I truly believe is like the next stage that we need to be working with um, as business leaders. We need to be thinking of at every stage of the game from taking, making, selling, using, disposing, how can I, how can my waste um, benefit someone else? How can my actions benefit um, the right people and support the right causes? And so when it comes specifically to regenerative travel, um, again, going back to that, the traditional model of like, I buy land, I set up a building, you come, you leave, that's it. Um, it's like, how can we buy land in a way or use land in a way that will benefit all of the stakeholders in the area? How can we create a place to stay that will benefit all of the stakeholders in the area, not just immediately, but long-term? And, and a really good example of that for our business is, um, you know, one of the things you obviously have to do as a as a hotel is provide furniture, beds, chairs, like they, people have to stay somewhere um, besides just a room. And, um, you know, we could very easily have just gone to Ikea, bought a bunch of stuff and like dropped it in our domes. But we asked that question, how can we create something that will make a big impact on the local economy? And so we ended up finding a partner, Vancouver Woodshop, who believes in sustainable making and they're a locally, a local co-op that pays all of their wages, all of their workers fairly um, and uses all local wood. And so we actually created a line of furniture with them um, that they can continue to resell and that people can come and experience and be like, oh, I like this bed. And then, you know, they can then purchase it from Vancouver Woodshop. So we continue to create goodness for local businesses. And that essentially, in my mind, is just one example of how to be thinking in a regenerative way. When it comes to travel, it means like as tourists are coming, um, as tourists are coming and staying, how can you also inspire them that when they leave, they're also doing things in a, in a like a, how can you inspire them to start thinking more sustainably? How can you inspire them to start like applying what they've learned on our resorts to their lives? And so we're thinking that through as well as just how do you, um, how do you both have people come visit a place, interact with that place in a positive way that supports the local um, economy and local environment, but then also leave and continue to create those benefits. So that's, in a nutshell, um, my theory on regenerative travel. Well, you looking at millennials, there's kind of this key demographic. Um, why are millennials so important to kind of uh, this new pursuit of tourism that uh, you really are counting on taking off? Totally. So, so a couple things. Millennials, pre-pandemic millennials were expected to... Um, be 50% of travelers by 2025. And so that stat was where we start, why we started with millennials um, on also being millennials. I think it just, it works. Um, but going like now that we're mid pandemic, 
Um, a recent survey said that millennials are 50% more likely to start traveling sooner than um, baby boomer or than um, Gen X's um, and 15% more likely to travel than baby boomers. And so I think not only are they going to be the larger market, they're also the ones most likely to travel right now. And so the key um, to recovering in my opinion, um, our, like our, recovering our tourism industry would be to create experiences that cater to the millennials needs and their wants um, because they are the more likely ones to travel while keeping them obviously safe and keeping everyone in the community safe. Well, I think it's going to be, like you said, like you alluded to it at the start, there's just this pent up demand. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens later on this year with regards to the tourism sector. It's been hit hard. And I think it's really been, you know, put into our heads how important, how integral it is to the BC economy. And as soon as we can get it up and going again, as soon as you have more businesses like yours that are pursuing those opportunities, I think it's going to be just that much more of a boon for British Columbia. But uh, in the meantime, uh, let, let's follow up on this uh, once you guys get going. But uh, Jody, I just want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much, Tyler. And um, it's great chatting with you. Yes, we'll have to have a recap, a post-summer recap. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's Jody Houston. She's CEO and co-founder of Stay Wilder. And that is it for the show today. We will be back tomorrow, though. In the meantime, you can go to BIV.com. More stories there, more interviews there. For now, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Orton.